With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our friend Brad Lidge joining us. A lot of familiar faces right here. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Todd, yeah. Todd used to hit homers off of you, and no, I used no, and no, I used no, to catch no. you. <laughs> That's right. Well, you put down the wrong fingers then. That's what happened. <laughs> Not when fault. you were pitching. It was too easy. You just threw that slider splitter thing that was just go straight down. And it was the, the, the machine wouldn't even know what to call your pitch anymore. Like the. What do you call it? It was a slider. It was a slider. But instead of it going like it would spin like a slider instead of it going side to side. It would go straight down. Slide like it's ball. exactly it's exactly what every analytical machine oriented team says. If you can throw this slider, this is the perfect slider. His slider was the perfect slider like analytically. A, 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 did you combine the word like splider? Screwball slider? No, no, they would come up with a word. But that is exactly what they want out of it. <laughs> there's like the slider. There's all kinds of very, you know, different ways you can come up with things. But that being said, it was that 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 movement on that pitch was a byproduct of really bad mechanics when I threw it. And then I realized somewhere along the line, I was like, just roll with it because it's making it go down instead of you know, lat- laterally. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of uh, rolled it. That it worked. It worked out well. Yeah, when, when when pitching coaches say, you know, keep your head on it, you were like, you mean move it farther out away from it? <laughs> you mean and bail it- off to the first base side and have terrible <laughs> mechanics? Got it, yeah. Yes, yes. Greg Holland said the same thing. He's like, oh, so you want me to cover first while I'm pitching? Anyway. Hey, earlier in your career, you had a broken forearm and a torn rotator cuff. Um, my question to you is, Coming back from that surgery, you hear guy, a lot of guys like, oh, when, when you get this surgery, well, Tommy John, you're supposed to throw faster for one. You didn't get Tommy yeah. John. You, you had all the other things but that, I would assume. But yeah. how, did you, how did you feel coming back? We were talking about Manoa. He, he lost a little bit on his fastball. Did you ever have, you know, that kind of feel when you pitched all of a sudden? You, you just didn't throw as hard, and you're trying to figure out what the heck's going on here? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, more like I, I had a lot of injuries. I had four surgeries in the minor leagues. Uh, actually, at one point, I had four surgeries and three wins in the minor leagues. That was uh, that was not <laughs> oh <my> best. God. <laughs> that was not the best start to a professional career. But all of those surgeries, I actually came back from probably throwing a little bit harder. Like the rehab worked really well in those. Uh, you know, the, the strength and anything else. But like later in my career, uh, in fact, 2011, I tore my rotator cuff. Uh, with the Phillies and um, you know I did it in spring training and I remember getting the news and I was like oh my gosh should I get you know some kind of surgery or what on this thing and you know that would mean the sur- the season was over so everyone's like just try and rehab it come back and so I missed the first half of the season but when I came back instead of throwing you know mid 90s I was basically throwing 90 91 and I was just like what is going on everything I had to throw 90 91 like I felt fine I just didn't understand why you know, there was nothing on the ball. And and so I think at that point, you know, that, that was kind of a big turn for me in my career. Unfortunately, you know, I never was able to really reinvent myself successfully, you know, throwing changeups or something like that. 2012, I kind of took my slop into the season with the Nationals, and that didn't work out great either. But, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say this, Frage, like, like recovering from elbow things, 
there's there's no doubt you can get all the way back 100%. You can even gain a click here and there. That's possible. But when you have like a torn rotator cuff or something like that, it's really tough to come back and gain uh, or get back all the way to 100%. So when I saw that Max Scherzer, you know, had a partial tear in that Terry's major or whatever it is uh, in his in his rotator area, like he's not only going to be not pitching this year, but he's going to have to do something miraculous to come back and be pitching, you know, anywhere close to what he's done previously in his career. All right, talk about recoveries. I saw you in 2008, perfect, win the World Series, you know, celebration. You're going to sign a bunch of pictures. I wish Chooch was going to be there to sign pictures with you. Uh, that <laughs> little, that little, that Where's little, he at? No, he's down in, he's down in, he's back home. He's in Panama right yeah. now at his, at his yeah. horse ranch, <laughs> at his bull ranch. But he's, uh, but you recovered to get to that point. You recovered from one of the more memorable home runs to give up against Albert Pujols. And I want to talk about how that felt. Oh, oh they're going to show it to you? Oh, no. You <laughs> put it up. Crap. I've never hey, seen that, is, that before. Is he's that never, seen, never it. seen it before. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pujols licking his lips, going around the – now, everybody's seen this oh. home run. And we want yeah. I want to hear your reaction to it, but I want to hear first the story that Laner told me. Jason Lane told me the story of when you guys get on the plane – and what the pilot said, which I'm yeah. going to give a little bit of a pre-story that the year before you guys lost in the playoffs in a situ similar situation, ended up not advancing to the World Series. And so it was kind of felt like the same thing after this home run by Pujols. And what did the pilot say? If you can give us that yeah. story, <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, well... I mean, first, me. needless to say, I didn't uh, I didn't feel great <laughs> after that. You know, <laughs> I was a little, little bit shell-shocked, like, you know, what just happened? Um, I'd had a run of a lot of good games against the Cardinals up to that point, in, including the previous year in the postseason, but and and some in this postseason. But then when he hit that, yeah, it was almost – it was kind of hard to uh, – just kind of hard to wrap your head around, just kind of hard to believe for a little bit. Uh, but, but you know, we were all kind of collectively hanging our heads. And, and you're right. Like, so we got on the plane and um, – you know, I, we're all bummed, first of all, because now we got to travel to St. Louis and, you know, like all these road trip plans change if something like that happens. So we get on the plane and, uh, you know, the pilot gets on and I don't know, maybe we're an hour into it, a half hour into the flight. And he's like, you know, if you look out to your left, you can see whatever, whatever. And if you look out to your right, we can see uh, Albert Pools' home run still flying by the airport. <laughs> and I was like. I was sitting and like, you know, because I'm still like in my own, you know, everyone's going to be moping and I'm still moping and everything else. And, and I'm like, I think, did I just, did that just happen in my head? Did that actually happen? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I looked around and everyone's looking at me. I'm like, that, that actually happened. Right. So anyway, uh, long story short, Brad Osmus told the, uh, the pilot to say it. And at some point, not long after that, you know, I, I just started laughing because I mean, it was, it was basically classic Brad Osmus, but also like, I mean, what, you know, what, what else can you do at that point? And, and I think the, the, when I started laughing, like everybody else started laughing, it was one of those deals where it really loosened up the team. And I thought at that point, I was like, man, you know, that was one of the best things he could have done for me, for our team, for everything else. And then sure enough, game six, Roy Oswald goes out there and shoves. And we, uh, we were fortunate enough to advance to the world series after that. So now, you know, I, I think a lot of people knew at that point, Brad Osmus was going to be a great manager at some point. He's, I hope he gets another shake at it. It's been a little bit tricky for him so far in his managerial career, but I think he handles things pretty damn well, and I think he did a really good job on that.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I got a question for you. Not in this era of baseball, pitching-wise, you see, guys, if you're not throwing 95 plus, you probably got no shot right now. I want to ask you a question. If you were in your prime right now playing baseball with all the analytics going on, everything else, how do you think you would fare against the hitters nowadays? It's a great question. I've often wondered this myself, uh, you know, watching the evolution of this stuff. Like a part of me thinks and probably a part of every retired player thinks they do better. Right. They're like, oh, man, now I can just throw my slider over and over and over and nobody makes any adjustments. Nobody, you know, tries to on 0-2 to try and just, you know, slap it or, or, you know, choke up a little bit. Everyone's got the same swing. To be honest, I think I would have to probably uh, be a little bit better with my command. I, it, it's a great question, and I really don't know the answer. I think my slider would play even better, but I think my fastball would get hit around the ballpark because, you know, me throwing 96 or whatever is just a, a dime a dozen these days. So uh, I think I would have had to have been, uh, you know, and that used to be a really effective pitch for me, obviously, my fastball. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure it would anymore. How would you stay healthy in this game? Because I'm assuming, you know, anybody that threw a, 96, 97 is like, yeah, you know, I'm throwing hard. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, 96, like you said, it's dime a dozen. How would you stay healthy? Because you wouldn't be a closer. You have to throw 105 to be a closer now. So yeah. how would you have stayed healthy? Because they, they would tell you that you have to throw harder. And to me, I think closers stay healthier because you know when you're going to pitch and you have, very, you have less dry humps. You're used less. You're just used in different situations. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, I never had any issues staying healthy until about 2010. I missed some games. I was pretty fortunate in that, like, I didn't go on the disabled list, or yeah, at that time, the disabled list, now the injured list, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, my first six, seven years. Um, and so I, I would say two things, like, you know, I, I, to be totally honest, and this is going to sound like, you know, old man, get off my lawn, but like, I am shocked at how little relievers pitch back to back to back days, whatever it is. Um, and how like, you know, everyone's just being treated with these, uh, you know, these tender gloves out there. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I throw four or five days in a row and because that was what was asked of me in early in my career. And in fact, if you look at the numbers in 2004, I think when you combine the playoffs, I had somewhere around 90 games and 105 innings or something like that. And, uh, you know, I felt great doing that. Now that being said, slowly, but surely the wheel, you know, I was like a click less in terms of velocity every year. It felt like after that, but. I always threw as hard as I could anyway, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if that would have changed much for me with guys trying to max out right now. But I felt like you know when I was having my long stretches of health, that would that wouldn't have changed. In fact, maybe it would even be a little bit easier for me now because I wouldn't have to throw those you know four or five days in a row like nobody does that anymore. Uh, I wouldn't have to have you know the games and the innings under my belt. I I can tell you at the time that I had that, I felt good, but I also know a lot of veteran guys at that time were like, hey. You know, you got to say something. If you if you're throwing four or five days in a row, they're going to keep putting you out there unless you say something. And that's the biggest difference, right now versus you know back when I was kind of in my prime throwing, is that you felt this pressure, not just from your teammates but from the staff. I mean, from manager, from pitching coach to go out there every single day 
and and to let them know that you were healthy and you could do it every day. Now they won't let you make that decision. Now they just take the ball out of your hands and say, you're down you through back-to-back days, you're down today. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, so I think it, in, in a lot of ways it would be easier to stay healthy uh, for myself maybe coming out of the pen. But I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's a great question, and, and, uh, you know, but, I, but I do think uh, guys are way more – Guys are way more prepared and, and have way more off days when they need them now than I've ever seen. Do you think that's making them softer or more chance of getting hurt? I mean, making them softer makes them sound like, you know, I get it. They're out there grinding. They're out there doing their thing. But, like, should guys throw more to stay healthier? Because it doesn't feel like yeah. the injuries, and we hit this all the time, doesn't feel like the injuries are going down, even though they're pitching less back-to-back days. It's exactly right. Um, and I think, you know – I think that players perceive, you know, being hurt and, and needing to go on the injured list a little bit differently. Uh, maybe if they're not feeling 100% or whatever, they, they you know, kind of will let somebody know. Uh, whereas before, I think that's kind of when you, you needed to figure out how to pitch. Like, so I do think it kind of uh, in some ways limits their ability to, to, to know how to pitch because they think, you know, probably a, a lot of guys today want to be 100% if they're going to go out there. Uh, but you don't always have that luxury. So I, I don't know. I, I would say – for starting pitching, Crassie, there's no question that that starting pitchers now understanding they're only going to be out there for five innings are maxing out on their stuff for five innings because they're not going to go through a you know lineup three times. So why not throw 100% for five innings instead of you know gradually kind of getting to that to that spot? And what I think ends up happening is even though they're throwing less innings, starting pitchers they're maxing out in terms of like their effort while they're doing it, which is leading to more uh, surgeries and more injuries because. If you know you're throwing seven, eight innings, you know, every every five days, you're going to get out there and throw 90 percent for, you know, however many pitches. You're not going to try and max out on every pitch like you have to do now. So I think it's crippling starting pitching for sure and creating more injuries for starting pitching. Bullpen is kind of tricky to say. So this is going to lead to my next question, the George Kirby situation where he said, oh, man, I wish I wasn't out there. So let me let me get Mm. your explanation of that. Let me get your feel on that one, because to me, I'm like, man. I want a guy that wants to grind out there and throw over a hundred pitches. You know what I mean? So what, you know, give me the old school you and give me the new school you. What do you think? Yeah. The old school me is out of says, I don't even want this guy on my team. Like, like yeah. what the hell is that? Like that is, and, and, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, between his ears, I don't know what's going on there. And I, and I don't pitch in 2023. So, you know, there could be a lot of other stuff. I would say that, you know, just to even have that thought process cross your mind, you are truly a byproduct of 2023, that that, that thing that you think that that's something that you could actually say and that, you know, maybe there wouldn't be any repercussions for it. Like, th- that's ridiculous. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you guys know this and everything else. Like, the, the thing you want to be is is a workhorse. Like, if you're a starting pitcher, like, you want to be somebody that can go go out there and throw until the, you know, until somebody forces you out of the game. Like, that was always the goal is to be called a workhorse. And it almost sounds like, you know, in a lot of ways for Kirby, it's like the kind of the opposite where he's like, you know, I just want to get my whatever pitches in and then come out. So I'm sure he's been crushed. Look, I, I don't need to pile on here. Like the dude has been crushed. Social media, I'm sure his teammates look at him differently now. I'm sure every like the fans look at him differently now. So I know he's he's taken, you know, a lot of heat for this and I don't need to pile on. But it is shocking to think that that, that thought, process could, uh, thought process could actually come into someone's mind. And they actually felt comfortable enough to say that it, it truly is different, you know, in 2023. Hey, what do you think a closer's mentality is like in terms of his personality? So do you have to be either super competitive, 
super crazy, super kind of out of it where you don't get phased by anything, like even things that people should be phased by. It's like, oh, look, like they're robbing a bank that you're about to walk into. And you're like, oh, man, all right, I guess I won't get some 20s. All right, see ya. You know, like, do you have to have one of those like crazy, you know, personality traits? Like I would say for you, from, from knowing you, it's you're, you're quite competitive. Uh, I, I would just say this, and uh, sorry, I'm trying to find the, uh, a charger for my computer. I hope it doesn't oh, no. uh, cut out here anytime soon. But, uh, but I would just say this. There's a variety of personalities for closers, for sure, that I've come across. Some guys are more methodical. Some guys are absolutely you know, nuts every time they go out there. And because of it, they're not even going to be thinking twice about whatever it is that they're doing. That's probably a good mentality. Obviously, regardless of whatever – your preparation is you got to be somebody with a short-term memory. You got to be able to flush it and move on to the next day, which is what we, you know, try and teach kids in little league and everything else. I mean, you have to have a short memory in baseball period, but especially as a closer. Uh, so you got to have that. But, but that being said, like, you know, I always thought my, my mentality was more of like a starting pitching mentality. Like I liked kind of looking at numbers. I liked thinking about, you know, various things, but uh, in truth, when I got out there and the adrenaline started pumping, it was more like just trying to let it go as, as hard as I could and and uh, and try and challenge hitters and, and you know blow them away with a fastball or make them look silly on a slider. So it was it's just you just there's no set way to do it, uh, but you better have a short term memory because I mean you're gonna blow saves. You know if you're closing long enough, you're gonna blow saves. You're gonna blow important game saves, uh, and you got to be able to keep coming out there and and uh, being the same like. I would say this: a big, big characteristic you got to have is being the same person in the clubhouse every day. You got to be able to walk through that door, even if you had a couple bad ones in a row, and be a great teammate. Still be the same guy. Otherwise, you know, you're probably not going to last long in that role. But if you are that same guy and that same teammate, then your teammates will respect you regardless. All right, people. Here's the deal: it's pretty much sunny year round. Summer never ends, so you need to make sure you pick up yourself a little shady race action with my boy Eric Kratz. Why? Because we want you to look better than Eric Kratz. And in order to do that, you need to at least match him and pick up a pair of premium polarized shades. Just look at his reactions while we're talking through this. An independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product just as good as any pair of sunglasses that you have ever worn, but not as expensive. And that is one of the many keys to why we are teamed up with Shady Rays this season. Also, they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. That means that every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. AK, you lose a pair, you break a pair, no big deal. They'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. So if you're a fan of what you're looking at, and even if you're not, and you just want incredible sunglasses, I'm telling you, this has been reviewed by over 250,000 people. Also, we'd like them all to use the promo code FOUL because we like to save people money. 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You have to use the code FOUL. F-O-U-L. It is a pair of sunglasses, Shady Rays, that has been rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So get after it. I was born in 1980, so I didn't see the 1980 World Series championship for the Phillies, but I was definitely alive in 08. Take us to that last <laughs> pitch. Ooh, against yeah, um, that's a nice, that's nice airtime too on the jump. I know he got yeah. up right, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, big piece uh, landing on top of you. That didn't feel man, good. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. This this right there, that was great. And then he, here, when Howard comes in, bam. 
Yeah, then it was just uh, 20 dudes piling on top. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I had faced Hansky before, and, and I told uh, – you know, I, I, I told Chooch, I was like, listen, uh, you know, I, the only time I've ever faced this guy before he hit a fastball off the wall off me in Houston. I was like, he, he waffled that pitch. Let's let's not go there. And Chooch was like, all right. So uh, we kind of, you know, sat back with Doobie and we were like, look, uh, pitch a coach Doobie. And we were just like, let's just throw sliders until he's out. <laughs> so we basically, Chooch goes back there and he just never put down any fingers because we were just going to go sliders until it was over. And, uh, you know, I threw some good ones early in the count. He fouled off one or two. And then uh, when I came set on that last pitch and gripped it in my fingertips, I was like, oh, this is the one. Like, I, I could feel the seam uh, just felt just right in my fingertips. So, you know, let it go. And it had that good, uh, you know, that movement we were talking about kind of down and away from a lefty. And, uh, yeah, and then it was just pure elation after that. I mean, still screaming for joy on the bottom of, uh, you know, 20 dudes that are 200 pounds. I'm, you know, I'm still screaming and uh, even though I can't breathe. So, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's what you live for. It's pure elation. That's for sure. Come on, big piece was bigger than two hundred pounds. Don't don't get my guy. Uh, okay, big I piece mean, at two fifty. <laughs> Chooch, was no, 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 big no, piece. No, no. Howard Ryan. Oh, Howard. Ryan Howard. Yeah. yeah. Oh he man, came, he was the first one that that got you. But yeah. what a lot of people forget because some people that watch the show weren't really watching baseball in 08. Like, think about the fact that you guys had a game. That game was rained out in the sixth inning. Am I right? Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the that's right. Yeah, the, the sixth inning. So yeah, now and, you're sitting there on that day. You're like, okay, well, I'm definitely coming in this game. Oh, wait, no, it's not today. Then you got rained out again the next night. <laughs> and then everybody in Philadelphia showed up because people were giving their tickets to people and you could buy standing room tickets or people were forging tickets. How <laughs> different of an – it was – I'm telling you, it, bonkers, it is. It was it's going to be. It's going to be a thirty for thirty at some point. It's going to be People a outside forging the them and getting in because they were selling them secondhand on the market, and it wasn't all digital. So people were buying tickets oh. to get into the game. That it was just the restart. It was just the I, restarted game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. There had never been really anything like that because you know the continuation of the game was going to happen the next day, and they got rained out the next day. So then we had to wait another day uh, to, to start everything up. And you want to talk about, like, not being able to sleep. Uh, you know, we're on the cusp of winning a World Series. And, you know, I know I'm going to be pitching, and it's going to happen immediately. And, you know, when that, when that, when that happens, everything will be on the line. So, you know, that, that night it got rained out. Didn't sleep well at all because I knew I was going to be pitching the next day, really. And then that day got rained out. And so then, you know, don't sleep the next night either because uh, the adrenaline that's going through you at that point is uh, – pretty hard to, to, to describe. So yeah, it was an absolute, I mean, it was a shit show. We, we can say shit on your, on your show, right? We can say yes, that. Sir. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. We That's encourage, we encourage realness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, SXM, was, you can't, a, you can't curse, right? Yeah. It, it was a shit show for sure, but it was, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that said, it was, uh, uh, it was amazing how it worked out nonetheless. And obviously none of us would change it for the world. None of us in Philly would change it for the world. Mm -mm. For sure. Not for sure. Not raise, eh, whatever. But, so you win the game, you win the game, you guys are a tight-knit group, I played with most of those guys later on in 11, 12, and 13, tell me your best memory of that night partying, and you can't use Cole Hamels, or not Cole Hamels, I think it was Matt Stairs, getting driven to the party with a cop in, because the beer... Because the beer, the places to buy kegs were closed, 
and they had kegs in the back of the truck, get back in the paddy wagon, delivered to one of your teammates' houses. So you have to you have to find a different story from that night because you didn't sleep those last yeah. previous three nights. Yeah. I know you didn't sleep that night either. <clears throat> well, all I can say is, you know, we're we're at Pat Burrell's place, uh, downtown Philly. It's this awesome loft down there. And, uh, you know, everyone's in there, including what felt like to me half the police force at one point. I mean, there was like so many, so many cops and they were, they were helping us out and, you know, they were keeping security, everything else. But at one point I remember looking over the railing uh, of, of his loft um, in Rittenhouse square and looking down and it was, you know, toward broad street. And it was, uh, it was chaos down there. I mean, people are jumping up and down on cars, windows are kind of getting blown out uh, on certain stores and things. And, you know, we're up there and, and I remember one of the policemen was just kind of like, somebody was kind of looking at him. He's like, listen, He's like, we got we got enough work to do when people aren't happy. So we're, we're going to let them celebrate tonight. We'll clean up tomorrow. And uh, I was like, man, that is awesome. Like, it really kind of fired me up there. It's just kind of one of those things where, you know, in Philly, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of chaos going on, but it was it was pure joy chaos. So they were going to let them celebrate and, uh, and clean up the next day. But, yeah, um, I, I, don't, I didn't go to bed that night either. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a long few days there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is wild. Did you guys party like that when you guys won? No, I was. On, I got fired before the World Series was over. Oh, for yeah, for the Royals for KC. Mm. We Did partied they? like that after we won the American League Championship Series. Did you? Yeah, yeah. In Kansas City, got after it. And it was you didn't have Pat of- Burrell's loft though. Whenever I hear Pat Burrell's loft, I'm like, all right, here that we go. We pull up my sleeves. We didn't have Pat Burrell's yeah, loft. Yeah, or... probably shouldn't be open very often. Yeah. Pat Burrell's a 30 for 30. I'm not talking about now from his playing days. Just for life, Ooh. yeah. Holy no crap. And we didn't and we didn't have Brent Myers house out in out in the out in the suburbs either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that could also be a an interesting show too topic. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Do you think Trout gets traded this offseason and then Otani too? So your take on that that whole mess in Anaheim that's actually in my mind going to turn into one of the most covered baseball off seasons in MLB history. Imagine Otani and Trout switching teams. Yeah, I guess if you're an Angels fan, this is not uh this is not good. This is not a good time. Not a good time to be alive. Um yeah, I think uh I, I think Trout could very well get moved. Um you know, it's uh, unfortunately for him, you know, the the injuries have been, you know, real and it's it's creeping up a lot more on him these days and so, you know, you have to you have to take that into consideration, but I'm sure the Angels at this point would eat a little bit. I would guess they would even eat a little bit of that contract if, if they're able to move them. Um, and if the Phillies, I mean, if you can move Mike Trout, how would the Phillies not be in on it? Uh, you know, it's in some capacity. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's obviously they've just spent a ton of money on Trey Turner and he's doing great. So uh, maybe they can say that that's uh, that's going to be a success story, success story too. But, um, you know, I mean, the truth is like, Middleton's never been scared to spend money, and so if, if Trout's available, I, I think the Phillies make a move. I think uh, I think he moves to the uh, to the Northeast somewhere. Uh, but that being said, I don't think Otani goes back there either, and I just think it's going to be an absolute uh, horror show for Angels fans this offseason. I, I think there's a good cha- chance Trout gets moved, and they kind of figure out how to start over uh, because at this point, it doesn't do any good for for them. Uh, it does, it, it's great for the fans to be able to see Mike Trout, but it doesn't do anything for the franchise to to keep a hold of him right now. And for the game of baseball, like the game of baseball needs to have Mike Trout move. It needs to have Otani with a different team because the Angels aren't going to get anywhere, um, you know, over and over every year. We got to see those guys in the playoffs. Like 
that's what everybody wants to see. And so I think, uh, you know, Mike Trout would be probably pretty happy to waive his no trade clause to go to a team that actually is going to be in the postseason. Cheers to Brad Lidge. Awesome having him on. And thank you to the uh, MLB Players Alumni Association for putting this show together. Um, always appreciate everyone behind the scenes. If you want more information on your for- favorite former players, hit up baseballalumni.com. See you next time on Legends Territory. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.